if Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blubbity blah. Blubbity blah. Sending out good vibes. Blubbity blah. Good vibes. Blubbity blah. Good vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. You might not explain this is this is Richard Floyd McCoy the third talking. This is this is DB Cooper's son that has the microphone here. That's that's who's actually talking here. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, welcome back to the America Show. We are talking with Dan Grider this week. We're just fresh back from our trip to the East Coast. We're pretty much the East Coast. We ended up it on was, the East it Coast. It was the East Coast, yeah. That's right. We were right on the water there for lunch. Where you had, what did you have? What did you have for lunch? Uh, I, get, I can't remember. Hush balls or something? Hush, hush puppies. Puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Graham, hush puppy Dunlop. Yeah, well, I tried different things, you know. I mean, I why have fish and chips when you, you know, you can have hush puppies. We don't have hush puppies out here. Fish and chips. So I was like grits and, you know, I was trying to eat the Eastern food, you know? It was a full seafood menu. Well, I, I, I <laughs> grew up in Vancouver. I mean, I don't need seafood. Vancouver seafood? Yeah. Is it any good? Yeah, of course. It's the best. Yeah, there's no way it's the best. It's definitely not the best. I, uh, you know, it's in that little, like, channel there. Is it? I don't know. I'm, I'm. I was disappointed with the Seattle seafood scene. Huh. But once you get like halfway down the Oregon coast, it starts to get pretty good. Hmm. That's interesting. But I, I do want to mention, because uh, Dan, you know, Dan Greider will probably be listening to some of this. Um, it, this is a fantastic little show, a fantastic preview of the D.B. Cooper. It's like sort of the solving of the D.B. Cooper case. And we're going to come out with a two and a half hour or so, maybe more interview with the son, Rick McCoy himself. Um, but this is just like Dan, because Dan was there this weekend. He's quite a character. Uh, oh, character. Pretty amazing guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm going to talk about his YouTube channel a little bit here, but I just want everybody to know this is a... Uh, this is a little intro we do before the episode comes out. We go over some housekeeping and stuff. We got some stuff to talk to the listeners about. Sometimes we review listener emails and feedback and quotes and operation projects and project operations. But this will be a, a little bit of a different intro. Um, but it, this is a great preview of the investigating that Dan's done for like decades on D.B. Cooper and why he thinks it's uh, that we were with the son of D.B. Cooper, Rick McCoy, the son of Richard Floyd McCoy Jr. Uh, and it's, yeah, he's a character. <laughs> to, to say the least. So his video channel, I mean, we didn't, so this episode doesn't even get into Dan's YouTube channel. So I want to mention it here because he's, he's got quite the interesting, I, I listened to one of his shows on the way back from, uh, from Spokane yesterday oh, and boy. he was arguing with a pilot. It was pretty funny. He was calling out this pilot. 
that they were arguing back and forth and they knew each other, but man, he was hard on the guy. And it's a bunch of terms that I won't get into because it's specific to small craft general aviation. So Dan's channel is called Probable Cause. And every Sunday, he's he's he started this thing a couple months ago where every Sunday he goes through the fatalities of the small aircraft general aviation from the previous week. And he analyzes it and and then he deletes the episodes six days later. And his subscribers have jumped up quite a bit. Like he's doing quite well on the channel, but he's he's trying some different tactics on YouTube there. It's pretty interesting. Why is he I think he got well, I mean, because then then people will subscribe and watch the his watch minutes will go up. But I mean, I, I you know, it, it is it's an interesting theory. I don't know if it's it seems to be working for him. I mean, I, I think you're gonna miss out the opportunity of longer term virality with some of those videos. Like if he did a great video and didn't delete it, maybe it would double or triple but i think he's watching his like watch minutes or his watch time and he's watching the bell curve not it's sorry it's not a bell curve it's like just a uh an incline and it plateaus after a few days right it goes up 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 uh, and then it plateaus after a few days so then he figures like i'm going to delete that and then people will subscribe because every sunday they want to see the the news of the previous week and the fatalities and he says most of these are human error like the large percentage are human error but i was well, thinking adam what of course they are just well, like car know. accidents and i was kind of asking him so the last couple of years is there like a little bit more is there more accidents like is there some weird funny stuff going on with the pilots he says well there's definitely an increase in i mean i didn't get into the jab and stuff with him i i probably should have but i just left it at like a, a vague question but he says there's definitely more accidents that are unexplained there's a bunch of accidents that are unexplained but you know how no agenda and we always joke around about like being suicided you stay away from hot tubs uh, bench presses and small aircraft or whatever so i was gonna ask him i should have asked him like you know is there are are the mechanical failures in a different category with sort of semi-famous people or or weird cases where um because i think we were just talking to a guest uh today on another show and they mentioned uh, one of the senators was killed in a smaller craft. <laughs> I mean, you do hear quite a quite a few of those like high profile deaths are uh, famous people, you know. It's so still I mostly ask him about human error for sure. Yeah, yeah, he said. Yeah, and I, I mean, honestly, I think Adam Curry would be interested. Adam Curry's getting his license for a Cirrus. I guess he's. I don't know if he's updating his pilot's license or whatever, but he's doing, he's going, getting into the small aircraft. I mean, what a way, this is what we should do for traveling in the States. I mean, there should be like a, an app, like a, uh, what's the Uber, like an Uber Dude, app for small aircraft. You know, you buy, small you buy aircraft. Small, do you know how fucking long it would take to get to fucking Charlotte on a small well, no, aircraft? No, you don't go all the way across the country, but what if it's just like small jaunts where you, you have an app for somebody uh, and you share the like you buy into an aircraft and you share and you go around you and you share the aircraft and you fly for probably not much more than it would be, but you get this. You can rent one for one eighty an hour. That's not bad. I'll take my truck. I mean, it's so like I'm just thinking it's with the so manage, much dude. like for a, for I was a talking to my buddy Brad about flying me down to Spokane, and he's like, "Yeah, it's probably gonna take like six hours." And I was like, "Well, fuck, I'll just drive, <laughs> man, fuck it." <laughs> really? Is it that? 
it oh, was because yeah, your buddy has a it was a long enough that i was like well this and we were gonna have to stop for gas halfway and i was like well this is just fucking run all this paperwork to get over the border and i was just like this is fucking ridiculous i'm just gonna fucking plus it's gonna cost me like you know like three thousand dollars in a plane rental instead of just taking my truck. I was just like, yeah. if it was like three hours, you know, that'd be something. Even three hours, a bit much, but you know, not terrible. For what me, would it have taken you to drive? Like it was six hours to fly and twelve to drive, or something. It's fucking ten to drive. Oh, so yeah, it's like sixty percent. It's not worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, just like a, going a little so, faster than the cars on the ground. You're just like. <laughs> <laughs> Your real advantage is that you're just going straight. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're going so, a little faster. I don't know what the fucking high end speed of. So yeah, if you had a little jet, out, it'd be cool. But yeah, exactly, exactly. Something a little faster. So check out Dan's Probable Cause YouTube channel. Um, he's got a pretty good, and he's also got. Well, we got to talk about the documentary that he put out. It's um, it's pretty long, a couple hours long, but it's it's uh, Deep Family Secrets Part One is the one that sort of I watched before we met with uh, Rick McCoy, and of course Brandon Powell was there as well. Actually, Brandon Powell and Rick McCoy are on this episode a little bit, but mainly it's Dan. But so the, he his what? the cruise speed is of a of a one Cessna one. <clears throat> Cessna 172 is 226 kilometers an hour. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you know, like 80 kilometers an hour more than I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> it um, would be cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. It would be a good option. Especially but, dude, when I just had to sit in that plane for like seven hours. I couldn't imagine sitting in it for like, you know, like all day. Like, oh, we're going down for fuel again. And he probably just like loud, too. Oh, if you had a sweet be better jet, than where I was sitting in between two big guys, like we were all, all of our shoulders were touching each other in the three tiny seats in the seven, whatever it was, seven sixty-seven or whatever. It was gross when you get stuck between two big guys. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Our legs are touching. Like, not that I care about touching, but like, my legs, I can't hold my legs. Get in the seats. I was like, what? this lady got out of the thing at uh, Newark today. And I was like, how the fuck did you fit in that seat? Oh, Darren. I'm just saying, I don't know how the fuck. I could not imagine having to try and, because the plane's fucking full, dude. Full. Full. Oh, yeah, they're all full now. They're all, they're so overbooked that all the planes are full. They're jammed. And I'm fucking jammed. And this lady's like for me, man. I'm just saying. And I'm like, how the fuck do you even fit in that seat? I couldn't imagine. You just wed yourself in there? Oh, boy. He was trying to get us canceled. What? <laughs> what? I'm just he saying. trying to get us. What? Well, you can't get what? canceled just for asking what? how fat people fit in the airplane seats. You're fat shaming. People are going to accuse you of fat shaming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Well, maybe I'm not because this is going to get well, us Well, I shouldn't have to pay as much money for my plane ticket. Oh, my God. This is really <laughs> A little so, too close to home, Dunlop. <laughs> well, yeah, a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I got to lose some fucking pounds. You should get on that. 
Speaking I of, I, I could lose about 22 pounds, which is the weight of the, the money that Dan Grider jumped out of the plane, 40. mimicking the D.B. Cooper jump, and he couldn't dropped hold it. on to the he cash. Dropped it. He dropped it. I bet I, I can hold, hold it. I bet I can hold it. Like holy no, dude. He says you start tumbling so fast. He's like worried he's gonna black out. He's like, gotta I gotta get... let go of some of this. I gotta let go of this money now. James Nation, we're gonna do James, some tests. Yeah, we want to hear from James Nation. No, we want to come and try and jump out of a plane with twenty two oh pounds. God. Let's see if James Nation can do it. Yeah, ten thousand feet. Yeah, in the dark and raining from a seven twenty seven. It wasn't raining. It was raining. It wasn't it was fucking not raining. Storming. It wasn't, it wasn't raining. Storming. It was clear. It was, still it was clear. It Are was you clear. Sure? I think it was. I'm I sure. think it was overcast. I'm sure. I think it was no. overcast nope. and raining a bit. It yeah. was overcast. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, look at us. We don't even know the. What's it was going on. clear. I'm telling you, I know. Not look at us. Here. Anyways, it was fun to have Dan there with us uh, this weekend to go over some stuff. I mean, it's 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 a fascinating case. Fascinating because it's also um, not really what uh, the mainstream community that's researching all these uh, armchair sleuths that are all writing these books and researching and they have their their pet uh, their pet cases and stuff. They uh, they just they don't they passed over this one because the FBI said it wasn't their guy. The FBI for many reasons, other reasons, you know, because he didn't look the same. Was a little older, and for other reasons, the FBI passed it over. So we we dig into this. It's coming out in a few weeks after Dan's part two, which will be coming out in a few weeks. Uh, we'll have this long form audio conversation with Rick McCoy and Brandon Pell coming out afterwards. So this is kind of like a preview of that. Richard Floyd McCoy the third. Yeah, I like Rick McCoy because I mean I don't know like there's some weird little synchronicities happening with this too. Did I tell you uh, playing no, hockey? I, no uh, one cares. Uh, no Nintendo one cares. hockey no in the late eighties. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, we used I, to I say Rick, know. Rick McCoy. I know. I Rick know. McCoy. No Rick McCoy. <laughs> like all of us used to chant Rick McCoy, and then I end up. You're saying that Rick all weekend. I mean, no one cares. And and Brandon and well, Brandon cared. And Brandon and Mike were with us with the same birthday on November 24th, the the, the anniversary of DB's jump. Synchronicities abound. That is not a synchronicity. The oh, Rick dude, McCoy, is the, because, the, the, the your little fucking well, video not, game I, fucking mispronunciation. I'm not saying mispronunciation. that one. I'm not saying that one. It's just weird, dude. It's like it's like you know, I was pre precognition, uh, precognit, precogging the no, last you, interview no, no, that we've no, done. No, you were just like mishearing something <laughs> because of a bad video game. I remember. I know what you're talking about. Oh, you do know? You remember that one that had the little? We didn't think it said Rick McCoy though. We we thought it was something else. Yeah, that's weird. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't Rick McCoy. Yeah. Well, we we all thought it said Rick McCoy. That's what we said it said. <laughs> I remember <laughs> yeah, the, there's been some great mispronunciations. Back before the internet when you just had to like guess what the lyrics of songs were and stuff like yeah. that. Then you hear your buddy singing something, you're like, what the fuck do you say? <laughs> yeah. Good time. So PayPal. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. You know, it's a can mm -hmm. of worms because I don't, you know, like. Paypal's like against a little social credit. 
Please don't cancel. I mean, how do we, what do we ask? I mean, we don't, we well, ask I'm not going to, I can't tell you. I mean, I, mean, you I know, just like, don't want to lose a bunch of support here. This well, is we already lost a bunch of support because of this PayPal. We, we should try and sue PayPal for uh, this fiasco that we're in. I mean, Tim Pool talked about it. Tim Pool's, he lost a bunch of support, even though a lot of people went to Parallel Economy. Um, I don't know if you What's watched parallel that video economy? I sent you, but I guess you didn't watch that video I sent you then. What video you sent me? Oh my God! When did you send video, it? To me? I texted it to you and Brandon yesterday. What? About, yesterday? What the fuck do you think I've been doing? Sitting around watching you're videos. You're sitting on a plane. You could have watched it for like, like on ten times over. I don't have dad on the plane. Oh Phone's an airplane mode. Anyways, he was saying that he's lost a lot as well. Like, and he thinks PayPal should be responsible for this because he had imagine how many he tried to switch people over earlier, but still a lot of people stayed with PayPal. And he oh, lost yeah. a bundle. He lost a bundle, and we've already lost a bundle too. And we don't have a bundle to lose. We're barely scratching it by it as it is. Oh yeah, we lost so a lot. We, so what do we? Do, 15, what do we ask? Maybe what do we say? I mean, there is Patreon. There is Patreon on there too, right? I mean, on a regular Grimerica, there's, there's Patreon too. and Stripe. Both. But parallel economy is a sensor resistant ecosystem. But honestly, they don't say anything about the country. And my sense is is that it's only a US thing. I mean I there's nothing well, in the FAQs. I've never heard about it. Never heard of it. It's Dan Bongino's rumble thing to basically compete with PayPal. But but it has to be on Rumble? No, no, no. No. It's oh. just a separate separate payment processing. Well, there's Stripe on there right now and Patreon. So if you cancel your PayPal, if you could, like, switch it to something else, that would be great. Because, uh, I mean, this is, this is probably more out of the gate than even when we started talking to Trump and stuff like that, you know, years ago. That cost us. This is worse than that. You know, we're probably 10 to 15% of our subscriptions gone. Yeah. And I haven't seen a lot of those come back on Stripe. So, you know, maybe you guys just want out. I don't know. Let us know. We don't know if you still want to do, do we the show. know if people, do we know if PayPal's not doing some of this themselves? Nah, like they PayPal used to do a little bit? Or? I can't see it. No? That'd be a pretty big coincidence. I mean, they're trying to back off it as well. But I, 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 uh, I'm, you know, I Too think it late. was an internal. No backing just... off of that. There's a whistleblower talking about how somebody within the company actually put this forward and may not have had the appropriate approvals. And I don't know if that's true or not yet, but it's getting don't matter rab now. rabbit holes getting a little deep. No, I know that's the thing. It doesn't really matter now. Switch to Stripe, please. So that's what we're asking people to do right now. Just switch to Stripe. Yeah, unless you have a better and that idea. Works for, and that works for Grimerica Outlawed or other podcasts as well. Yeah, we'll address that over there. Okay. I do want to mention if 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 some somebody emailed me about whether it's an RSS feed and yes, Grimerica Outlight is a separate podcast, a separate RSS feed that you can copy and paste into your podcast player after you get your after you you know sign up and get plug in your password and your username, and you take that RSS feed from the the support page and plug it into your player manually add that podcast so i i can't respond because whoever emailed you didn't put the email in i thought our website guy fixed that but i he didn't put the email in he didn't change that to be mandatory to put your email in so if, if you don't put your email in in your in your contact form then we have no way to reach back to you <laughs> right <laughs> 
pretty much. Dun, 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 dun. Until it gets fair. Until, until he must be listening to the free outlaw. We'll just mention it over there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I want to mention it here as well, just because you know, we do have a, a separate show completely with some amazing episodes coming out. Totally. So, anything else on the support PayPal front? No, no, that's. About I think it. yeah, Patreon. I think Patreon only works with one-time donations. Actually, for the Grand America show. No, it definitely doesn't. Oh, it definitely doesn't. It's the opposite. Uh, maybe you can do one-time donations on Patreon now, though. But you can definitely do. It's all about monthlies. Are you checking? Because you don't believe me. I, I am checking. Yeah. This is fun. This will be yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, this is good audio. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. I'm not gonna go through it all now. But yeah, I did check it. There is a difference between donating monthly and and one time donation. Yeah, I don't think you can do a one time donation on Patreon. Maybe that's what it is. But you can on Stripe. For sure. It's hmm. right on. You got something else? Wasn't there something else you wanted to an email? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, do you want to talk about the feedback from last episode? And Sure. You might like it. It's pretty negative against me. It's, I, I took a hard, I took a lot of shit from that episode that you what? weren't a part of. What? Which one? Last yeah, America episode? No, the free, the Greg Paul Freedom episode. People aren't buying his freedom. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> and, <laughs> what? Uh, I gotta see this though. And I'm telling you, which I had a hard time with it, it too. But I mean, I got called out on not pushing back enough and stuff, right? I mean. Where was I? Uh, you, I don't, you were. There was one of those. Remember, it was that day that you couldn't be there. Uh, so can I can I read some feedback? I got a yeah, couple. Yeah. This isn't because you know I know it's I know it was like suspect because not suspect, but because I got the, it uh, I got it from multiple people. Uh oh. This is from Brandon Pundai, and I might you know he might actually I might actually get him and somebody else on the show if I can, but. After listening to the episode with Greg Paul, he really left you hanging with explaining what is happening with government, corporate policy, civil, legal, law, natural law, our rights, contracts, trusts, and constitutions. It goes really deep in about 5,000 different directions, but it really boils down to us giving the corporation jurisdiction. Even if we are considered employees, we still maintain our natural rights, which are obvious to each one of us. No jab, no mask, no tax, unless necessary for infrastructure. As he said, there are many ways, but one must be willing to maintain the knowledge to do so. I've studied just about five different ways so far, but it seems that affidavits are the truth. And notice to proper federal, state, and local government people by certified mail with notary provide the proof of witness these notices and affidavits you send them to <clears throat> you send to them will force them to witness to the natural rights and facts stated in the notice affidavit so he said i can give you more info blah 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 this this info needs to get out everywhere and every country is set up the same way it's simple in a way but requires a lot of learning and info so yeah i'm going to get back to him and then i got some I other feedback 
No, no, his was his was okay, but I mean, but he did say he left us hanging. But but um, one guy said, uh, and I found this in junk. He <laughs> said, "One of them from you." <laughs> Uh, Greg Paul was controlled opposition. It doesn't matter about fraud. If you make an agreement, you have to follow through. And poor me, I lost my house, but it gave me a great idea. I will just keep one foot in each system. How trite. You gave no pushback while he shoveled shit on your listeners. What the fuck? So I asked, I said, thanks for the feedback. And then I kind of asked about the controlled op and I asked what his name because he didn't even introduce himself. And um, and then he Did says, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he gives What's me his name. name? Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it could have been spam or something. I mean, he gets so much no, crap, right? That is not spam, brother. Nice try, spam. So he, he replies back. He says, "I've studied the sovereignty movement for fifteen plus years. We are sovereign because we are children of God. Period. Thanks for pushing back a little with." What about when your government is killing you? Which he had no specific answer to. Best case is he is stupid, greedy, and you wasted your time. Worst case, he is controlled up and you were duped. I don't use that phrase lightly. Full disclosure, I could only stomach the first two-thirds of podcasts. Controlled up warning signs. No talk of trusts as a tool to act in the system. No talk of inalienable rights that come from God. No talk of common law, courts, and decisions. Or the basic phrase, do no harm, which is the foundation of English law and Western medicine. Lots of rambling with no concrete suggestions except pay for my webinar. He was full of bullshit. Unclear, confusing, and sounded more like a matrix agent counseling one to jack back in. You don't need to exit the system. Exact quote from Greg. You made an agreement. That is a thing. You made that your law, forgetting the fact that the loan is fraudulent. That's another quote. You still want a bank account. That's another quote. If you decide to take title as X, you are responsible for the outcome, ignoring fraud, compulsion, necessity, etc. You have an obligation to pay taxes. And he then says, I am liable for my government actions. What the actual fuck nefarious actors are on us? Do I need to go on? Any law beyond the word of 12 is law is mischief. The government of man, though misguided, are for the benefit of man, period. Do the right thing and delete the episode. Holy moly. If you want to... What did you do? (laughs) If you want to interview someone, interview your fellow Canadian by murder by decree, at murder by decree. He will have lots to say about sovereignty and what to do when your government tries to kill you. Didn't we have him on a couple times? Sorry, that's the one that went through. Uh, um, yeah, we did have we did have him on. He's talking about Kevin and that murderbydecree.com. We've had and I so so I replied saying, "Yeah, we've had wow. Kevin on." And you're telling me I'm going to get the show canceled. So then he <laughs> then I replied again, um, and he says, uh, "I finished the episode, and I will say that he had a fair point about live in no controversy, but that is like taking the tiger to tea. It sounds nice, but is completely naive." Um. Oh, here. Okay, so here's the here's the good part. That wasn't the good part. It's all fine and dandy to have people on to talk about happy thoughts and ancient aliens, but you have to have Darren on with you if you're talking about rubber meets the road stuff like sovereignty and law. You just did not push back on his bullshit hard enough. 
And I'm not rushing to controlled op label easily. He doesn't even need to know he is controlled op to be controlled op. The government loves hippy dippy, make no waves, pseudo sovereign types like Greg. My grade for Greg, A for happy thoughts, F for knowledge, F for courage. Anyways, um, thanks for getting back to me. All the best. My advice is channel your inner asshole more. So I said, fuck my inner asshole. Whoa. Hey? <laughs> Literally. How's that channeling it? Hey? Literally. That's what she said. I did. Yeah. She said, fuck. She said, fuck my inner asshole. <laughs> well, I thought that was a good pun on channeling my inner asshole. Right. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> Oh man! Did you have any comments in there anywhere, or did they just fuck my asshole? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a better way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What else you got? <laughs> no, but I mean, so and then there's other guys suggesting uh, somebody else to have on Amanda, somebody too. Um, I'll have to look into that as well. Um, there's a bunch of people, but I, this, this whole thing is just hard for me. It's hard to wrap my head around this freedom stuff, you know, I have to listen. To and, that and Greg Paul was, he was like, he was, um, what do you, what do I call it? Not sponsored, but, uh, vouched for by some pretty famous people in the alternative community, like Kelly Brogan and Alex Zek, I think one of the Zek's Danny Zek or Alex Zek, um, you know, and it was more of like a simple simplifying it in a spiritual way. So I thought, you know what? Okay, I know somebody, and um, that that suggested Greg, and I looked, I, I watched sort of a couple of videos where he was being, and I thought, well, okay, let's try this one. So, anyways, I told him I'm not fucking del deleting it, and the controlled op thing. I have a real hard time. We got to do an episode on controlled op. It's nah. being thrown around way too much now. In a few years, everything is controlled op. This is the 2022. It's a year of people telling you to delete episodes. Yeah. <laughs> well, only a few months left. It'll be 2023. So I, all I got left is a quote. I don't have the jingles because you have the chords. Okay. So sorry, we're just we're just returning from trips, um, and it's uh, we're not too organized here. But so Literally. try and guess who said this. Neither asshole grabbed a up. <laughs> And neither <laughs> drilling. <laughs> I suck dick for cock. Man, explicit content. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. This is not the best. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Neither drilling more oil nor the current green technologies can solve either the environment or energy crisis. But the long-suppressed zero-point new energy technologies can solve both in one generation. Elon Musk. Close. I'll give you another hint. It's one of our favorites. One of our favorites? Yeah, in different ways. Different ways. You, you, you get the name wrong all the time. Richard Greer? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stephen Greer. Oh. Yeah. yeah, he's been sending out a lot of. He's is been really like pushing little, back on this, this uh, energy thing. He's going down the energy inside thing. Inside joke what? to Brown <laughs> <laughs> Neither drilling more oil. 
Uh, we should get what's his name on the show. Who is he? Uh... It should say neither drilling more black oil nor the. Uh... Oh boy. Yeah. Who, who should we get on the show? Uh, I forget his name. I forget the, who is uh, the guy who can collaborate that story. Corroborate? No, we can't say the name now. Corroborate? Yeah, you can't. Why not? We didn't say anything. Brooks Hagman. Yeah. What's he about? He's, he's like on the top of my list. I'd love right. to. We'll make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Make it, let's bring it on him in plus. At least we get a pal to sign up. All right, guys. Enjoy the chat with Dan Grider. We got a special episode for you tonight. Extra special. <clears throat> We're in Virginia. We got uh, Dan Greider here from Probable Cause YouTube channel. Got our friend, buddy Brandon Powell with us and Rick McCoy. And we're talking about the D.B. Cooper case. And we're here with uh, Dan and Rick and Brandon doing some investigations. And we're going to get into this a little bit. Welcome, Dan. Thank you. So who, who is D.B. Cooper? I mean, what is this whole thing about? You you tell me what I'll tell you from like a real layman's point of view what I think it is right he's a a hero or an anti-hero depending on who you talk to a villain or a hero and uh and he he hijacked a plane stole some money and got away with it How long ago are we talking about I well, mean when did this whole thing come down like 50 years 50 51 We're still talking about a story that's 50 years old What kind of a podcast is this <laughs> We go into ancient history, dude. We're talking 13, 15,000 oh, yeah, years, yeah, yeah. 60,000. This, this is a this, newer this, thing. This is new, but, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry. I, did, I, I got excited. I did exactly what I was told not to do. Like um, right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right away. <laughs> right out of the gate. So do you think it's a worthy story, D.B. Cooper? Has anybody ever heard of him? I mean, is this, is this, a, is this a thing? I, I think it's absolutely a worthy story. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I started following this thing like 20 years ago, and I'm a skydiver and a pilot, so this really took my interest a long time ago. But uh, I think a lot of America has heard the name D.B. Cooper, but there's a whole lot of misconception about who he was or how it happened or what really went down that night. And so that's the trail that I went down years ago. And it's been a long and winding trail. And uh, I think uh, a lot has changed in the last several years on this thing, which has made it, I think for your listeners... It was a fascinating story before, but wait till you see part two. You are not going to believe, and I hope I get invited back to be on your podcast part two in the future. This is kind of a teaser for this thing, but in the very near future, 
we'll do a Grim America Grim America podcast part two that talks about what it is that we re- release because we have some crazy information and some actual tangible objects that we're going to show and explain tangibly exactly who the guy was and what happened. It's fantastic. Let me ask you a question. Do you remember D.B. Cooper when it went down? Do you remember 1971, 1124, 1971? Yeah, I, I do. I, I for sure do. I was uh, 10 years old and I read the local hometown paper. It was on the front page of the paper said man jumps from aircraft and can't be found and i sat on the front porch and i read that and i asked my dad it says this man jumped out of an airplane with some money and they can't find him and i have a specific recollection of sitting on the porch and reading that it's it the most fascinating intriguing story he jumps out of an airliner and we can't find him like what and that was what was the date so that was the say that was your birthday so november 24th yeah, it's, I share the same date of birth with that, but it happened in 71. I was born in 75. Four, 1971. And 50 years later, almost 51 years later now, it's still America's only officially unsolved hijacking in America. The FBI has not named a, has not named a person who has done it. In 51 years, it's not solved. Has anyone ever done something like it? Yeah, there's been several other similar hijackings and similar things. This one, but they've all been solved. Everybody's, you know, been either been caught or whatever, but this one's uh, really the only one that's uh, is left uh, as a mystery. And that's how come you'll see it on HBO Max and Cinemax and all these things. They're still making movies and documentaries about D.B. Cooper. Netflix just came out with one. Netflix too, yeah. Yeah. And they pointed to you know, a list of characters in the HBO documentary, for sure. I mean, they're, it, it's it's that same kind of crew that gets brought up. Though, you know, Rackshaw never got brought up in this one, which I, which I thought was fascinating. Uh, but there is one particular one, one specific one that did it, what, four and a half months, five months uh, following. Can you talk about that at all? Yeah, that's... That's the story that nobody ever heard of. After November of 71, in April of 72, somebody hijacks an airplane, does almost the exact same thing, except in this case, they asked for a different denomination. They changed a few things and they improved it. All the things that they improved in April of 72 over November of 71 were mostly things only that could have been known to the hijacker. So it leads you to believe that the two are definitely related. And that's where I got involved in this thing more than 20 years ago when this book came out written by an FBI agent called The Real McCoy. And I noticed that of all the possible suspects, and there's more than 20, there's more than 20 suspects and more than 20 books. Each person is writing a book and claiming that their candidate was D.B. Cooper, except in the case of the McCoys. The McCoys were the only people who would not talk about it, would not admit to anything, and could not be contacted. So 20 years ago, I tried to start contacting the McCoys, and I got shut down. I, I can tell you, I tried everybody, emails, phone calls, personal visits, everything. I got nothing from the McCoys. McCoys ain't talking. And I thought that was 
unusual, isn't that? Isn't that un- of, of all the people that'll talk, McCoys ain't talking. It, it would it would indicate you know not wanting to be bothered. Yeah. Either not wanting to be bothered, or was there another ulterior motive involved here? Yeah, well, it it, it would seem that if there was a uh, another ulterior motive, that uh, that would preclude them from being able to speak on. Yeah, they can't talk. There's some guilt in there someplace. Somebody did something, and in my hypothesis was. That or defense. Or defense. You know, yeah. My hypothesis was that maybe the McCoys, Mr. and Mrs. McCoy, were a Bonnie and Clyde, a husband and wife, and maybe she is still alive, but she's very guilty of assisting, aiding, and abetting in this thing. And she's out there free as a bird right now. Maybe she doesn't want to talk about this, and maybe she doesn't want any attention because she did specifically help on both hijackings. That's the way it started to appear to me. How early on did you find the book? Uh, right after it came out, uh, I, I secured a copy of it, and uh, I got it used secondhand, but uh, whoever had it before me um, had it signed by the two authors. And uh, once I got the book, uh, it's called The Real McCoy, um, that, that book with the pictures and illustrations and all the stuff written by the FBI agent, that pretty much sealed the deal for me. The only thing left missing in the equation was how come the McCoys wouldn't talk to me. And I tried and tried and tried for years, right up until in February of 2021, I noticed an obituary. Richard Floyd McCoy III's grandmother had passed away. And I didn't know that. And I got to digging. I saw the obituary. And then I found out that his mom had also died. Now, I thought, maybe things have changed. Karen McCoy is dead, and Myrtle McCoy has died. Maybe things have changed. So I cycled through my thing, placed some more emails and phone calls. One of them was to Shantae's, which is Richard's sister, her cell number. And I leave this voicemail, and I said, this is Dan. Again, please call me. And I waited, and the next morning, my phone rang, and I'll never forget. I picked that thing up and looked at it, and I saw the area code, and I thought, oh, my God, this is Shantae. And she called me, and she said, yes, we, we know you've been trying to contact us, and we couldn't talk, but... I'm willing to talk to you now, and I think my brother is willing to talk to you as well, but we couldn't talk prior to this, and that's what started the whole thing, and literally, it was less than 10 days later, I was on a jet on my way to go see Richard, spent the weekend with him, and plainly obvious, Richard Floyd McCoy, his dad was a badass dude, and I figured out Everything that I had surmised from the beginning, this wasn't a hijacking. This was a love story. This guy did what he had to do because he was boxed into a box and he had no choice. And the more I got into that and understood the dynamics of the family and what the man tried to do to protect and and provide for his family, now I I see exactly where this thing is. 
So that started the whole thing, and uh, my tiny little itty-bitty fledgling YouTube channel was was completely tiny. I only started a YouTube channel a little over a year ago, and I, I didn't know anything about video or editing, so it's all grown literally overnight. So the documentary that you're talking about got produced after the 50th anniversary last year, which was November of 2021. I came home and edited that stuff up and produced it, and it's pretty amateur, it's pretty raw, and it's pretty pretty long. But it's been met with good response. Yes, yeah. Anybody that watches the whole video pretty much unanimously says, you got it right, Dan. Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head, and there's, there's no doubt about it. Except the community of, of this whole, you know, this Cooper Con, which is formed in our culture, which is weird because DB stuck for some reason right away and it was the wrong name, but we'll, we don't have to get into that. But so why did, why do they not accept your, your hypothesis? You know, it does seem to be sort of like the one thing that because the FBI said so is it seems like everybody's just kind of left this here. There's an overall net effect in the fact that DB Cooper was a Robin Hood. He was a hero. He was an underdog and he got away with it. That folklore and that mystery and that love of that character is only fueled by the fact that we don't know who he is. As soon as you solve it, most of that vaporizes. So a lot of people don't want it solved. They, they want, as soon as you solve it, then he didn't get away with it. They want him to get away with it. They don't really want it solved. They'd rather have it remain unknown and honored as it was for the last 50 years. Well, those people, we're not really directing our conversation towards them. And ultimately, there was a real person. He pulled off a job. He got it done. Um, whether he lived or not, you know, that, that's obviously people speculate around that. Um, and, and there was a lot of speculation that there's no way he could have done it and lived. And yet, there was a guy five months later, who did it and lived. So to me, it, it's, uh, it, it seems like that is the uh, uh, key. That is the key um, to this whole thing is that it's a job that can be done. That and, and who better to look at regardless of the, 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 the mystery character than the guy who actually did it the second time, who's completely overlooked for some reason, and who has this amazing history of heroic action and uh, call to duty. And, and, you know, and, and, <clears throat> and, and seemingly like um, a, a, a grudge. Yeah. Seemingly a grudge. Yeah, he he was fueled by a grudge. And the character you're talking about is Richard Floyd McCoy, obviously a very decorated American hero, a war vet, Vietnam vet. He had every credential there was for fixed wing and rotary wing helicopters. He was military parachute trained. He had the jump experience. And people say that you can't jump out of a 727 and live. I've jumped out of the 727 it's not that big of a deal. He jumped at night with a round parachute, which is a little bit on the edge, 
but it's certainly survivable. I mean, that's that's not uh, uh, the conditions were not anything not survivable. So Richard uh, right away, in my opinion, was was way at the top of the list, um, especially considering how bad the family originally did not want to talk to me about Richard Floyd McCoy. Well, you know, I can say in knowing uh, certain people in relation to Richard Floyd McCoy that they're, uh, you know, for years they've been steel traps around me as well. And and it's very interesting to see um, how it all unfolded and, and, and how people opened up. And, and I just know personally that there's a loyalty and a dedication that goes inside this family. And it's, um, I, I feel like it's uh, reminiscent of the man that we're talking about. It is. And this family honored and protected both the mother and the grandmother at all costs. They didn't talk about it. They kept it quiet. They kept their mouths shut because they didn't want anything to happen. They all knew what the deal was and who did what, but they ain't talking until now. And that's that's the magic that opened up. And since then, I've become very close friends with both Richard and Shantae. I've traveled extensively with both of them. I've been to all the locations. I even went out to Portland last November and made a replica parachute jump at the same spot, carrying an approximate simulated bag of, of money, leaving the airplane. So all that happened. And then, you know, in, in the future going forward, um, part two, I've got this documentary video, even though I'm not a filmmaker, I'm a pilot. I'm not a filmmaker. This whole video audio tech thing is not me, but I do the best I can with what I got. And I've got a part two that's going to show some actual video footage of some stuff that you're just not going to believe. And I hope that after that video comes out, you'll invite me back for a second podcast and we can talk through what I released in that video because it's going to blow your mind when you see what I show in that video. I think, uh, is it, can we get you to say something, Rick? Whether, whether, whether you know, what it was like to, to do what Dan was saying, like open up finally to this whole thing? We should we should just have you say something since we know they know you're here and and you know yeah yeah um, obviously it's very personal to me you know it's um how do you explain I mean you live your life and it's what you know right um, you might not explain this is this is Richard Floyd McCoy the third talking this is this is DB Cooper's son that has the microphone here that's that's who's actually talking here go ahead Rick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, even, <clears throat> I, I, I was, I'm surprised we're here. I'll just say that I've never figured out that we, I would be ever be talking about this. Um, I knew if we were ever going to talk about it, it would have to be after my grandmother and my mother passed. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been quite a journey. I, 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 I would say that um, Dan kind of fueled some things. Uh, as Dan uh, alluded to earlier, I remember, I mean, through many years, uh, I'd get phone calls, emails, stuff like that. And I, I remember Dan, especially emails early 2000s. And uh, yeah, I would just ignore him for the most part. And I, I was... 
yes, I know I did. <laughs> and even I was, I was joking with you guys uh, earlier that well, it wasn't even a joke; it was true. Uh, somebody got me on the phone. For, uh, they were, I guess, Hollywood. I guess, and uh, I won't say exactly who they were with, but literally offered uh, cocaine and hookers for me to come out and tell my story. And I, I even. Uh, <laughs> Funny enough, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll get back to you. Uh, not that I was interested in either one, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's been quite a, uh, I guess, journey to get here. I guess that's where I'm going with this. And um, what well, I knew personally that you weren't going to talk about it um, unless you know your grandmother and mother, and, and there was no even visualizing that. And back in the past, right? All right, yeah. When we were I mean, there talking about it. There was no visualizing. Yeah, we had this conversation. That, yeah, many times. Yeah, and, I, and <laughs> I, I literally told you I would never talk about it while my mother and grandmother were alive. It was uh, very surreal that I lost both of them like three months apart. I mean, obviously, I would have. My grandmother was almost a hundred and sharp as a tack, but um, I wouldn't have thought I would have lost my mother right right after that. But. Um, it happened very quickly, and and uh, a few months after that, Dan contacted me, and I here we are. Yeah, it's been an amazing, complete turnabout of events, going from stone cold nothing all the way up to to this. Now I'm living and traveling with them and talking to them. I talk to these guys on the phone almost daily. Sometimes, you know, uh, this is the McCoy kids. This is. This is D.B. Cooper's two children, and they know the story, and they live the story, so they know they know the whole thing. And I'm sitting here pinching myself going, I'm traveling with D.B. Cooper's kids, you know? Totally amazing. So we can we mention that we're going to be doing a, having a conversation, a deeper conversation with, with Rick? Yeah, we can, we can mention that. It'll come out after Dan's, after Dan's part two. You know, we'll have an audio, we'll have an audio version coming out. Probably like late next month or early December sort of thing. Is that what you're thinking, Dan? I'm hoping to have my uh, YouTube video that kind of explains what has changed recently. And there's been some huge changes occurred since June of this year. Uh, You know, the FBI has always had the stance. We're not doing anything until we see some tangible evidence. Now we have tangible evidence and that's what's changed. I can't tell you what it is or show it to you right now, but that's what's coming out. I think I'll have my video part two, D.B. Cooper, Deep Family Secrets part two will probably be on the air no later than mid-November. And I'm not just going to tell it to you. I'm going to show it to you so you can make your own decision. But when you see what tangible evidence that we found and what we have, there's no more debate remaining. Richard Floyd McCoy did two hijackings. He did Uh, Northwest 305, and he did United 855. He did them back-to-back. The first one was Thanksgiving break. He was a BYU student, Brigham Young University, uh, during his Thanksgiving break. The second one was his spring break. April of 72, he was on spring break from college. He did did both of them, almost identical. So it, it becomes... Without missing a day of school. Without missing a day of school. Well, and like escape from a couple of prisons too, right? Which we'll probably get into a little bit more of tomorrow. Well, I mean, his history is out there. You can you can look up, but not clear. It's not. It's still not clear, which it will be clarified. 
right? And it, there, there is, you know, the Wikipedia page is not the best, could be cleaned up. There are some different things out there about him, but there's a lot out there. But here's the thing. You can make him look a certain way, but when you know the real truth about him, then you can, he can be, he will be perceived clearly and. Right. And that was my mission from day one. You know, I don't monetize my YouTube channel and I don't have a book deal or movie deal. And I've told the McCoy kids, I'm not participating in any part of a financial cut. I don't want any money. I don't want to see anything. I don't want a contract. I'm not taking any money and you can't pay me. I want the truth to be told about who Richard Floyd McCoy was and why he did it. I want it solved. I want to show who Richard Floyd McCoy truly was. It's got nothing to do with money for me. Nothing. And you never hurt anyone, which is, and that's, the point Brian was bringing up is we're going to do, you know, several hours tomorrow with uh, Richard Floyd McCoy, the third. And um, that's not going to come out until after the video stuff comes out. It's going to come out, you know, a week or so, or probably that same week as the YouTube video comes out, we'll try and line it up. So that's sort of our next two episodes or depending on how long we go. And then right after that, right after we get back from Egypt, because we're going to Egypt in November too, um, we'll have Dan back on, via zoom and we'll, we'll we'll wrap the whole thing wrap a nice bow on the whole thing so you've basically you've been on the the rick richard mccoy train from day one it's just been a matter of putting the evidence together really you thought it from the very beginning or was there i mean it's you're not trying to prove your bias you were really looking at this thing completely initially, I'm sure. Right. I mean, I think, look, I'm, you know, he told me and things and I was still like, nah, man, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I gotta, I gotta look into this a little bit more to really understand it. And then when he really opened doors for me and showed me things well, I can tell you just the parachute jump itself, there's only a handful of people in the country that could have pulled that off. That's not an, that's not an amateur thing. Uh, that's a gutsy thing, and it took a tremendous amount of previous jumps and skill and knowledge, knowledge of aircraft, knowledge of navigation, knowledge of where to exit, knowledge of the whole thing. A very rare select handful of people who could have done that. All these other people that I saw initially, there's no way. You you can't just go do this. It it takes somebody with special forces, military training, and a significant background that Richard McCoy had. He had the Green Beret background. He had the requisite experience with aircraft and parachutes and parachute jumping. He had that skill set. So um, all I can say is uh, it it has been like a crazy long deal. My kids will tell you this D.B. Cooper thing has rested in our family. You say D.B. Cooper around my kids and they'll roll their eyes. It's like, you know, they've been with me through the, through the whole thing for since they were little. So I am looking forward to putting this to bed once and for all. And uh, I'm convinced, really, the testimony that I got out of Denise who lied to the FBI in, in April of 72 
about where the McCoy family was because she was asked, where was the McCoy family Thanksgiving of 71? And she lied. But if you go back and listen to my documentary, I've got her on tape saying, that's not true. Richard and Karen were gone for four days. Thanksgiving of 71, she was the babysitter and they were gone. And you can hear her in her own voice tell you that, which is absolutely contrary to the affidavit that she turned into the FBI at the time. She was the babysitter. Richard and Karen were AWOL from their own children, November of 71. Like, where are you going to go for Thanksgiving away from your family except to do this, this hijacking? So I'm looking forward to putting it away. I wish I could tell you all the details that I have in my head right now and show you some of the stuff that I have in my possession because it's just unbelievable. But I think the best thing to do is put it on video and let you see it for yourself and make your own logical decision. Uh, my my wager is that if you'll watch what I've put together, you know, I spent 20 years building it. Just take two hours and watch it. And so I've, worth it. I think it'll be worth it for you. No if question. You're, if you're interested in the case and who did it, um, this is this is pretty pretty conclusive, tangible information that I don't think can be disputed. And I think it's time we all put this to bed. It's not Santa Claus. You know, it's real and it should be looked at. Yeah, and let the McCoy kids live their lives and go on. They're not they're not seeking a movie deal or whatever either. They just they just want to honor their dad and explain who their dad was. You think a hijacker is like this bad criminal, nasty guy? Not true. He yes, it's illegal to hijack an aircraft, but He's just almost People just are complex. Yes. And he got pushed into this box canyon. He made a wrong decision. He probably should not have hijacked those airplanes. And I'll grant you that. Yes, it was illegal. And yes, it's a crime. But look at the crime against him. Look what America did to him as a crime against him that backed him into that corner, that forced him into, into that. And I'm not trying to justify hijacking an aircraft. I'm just saying... And he didn't hurt anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. He didn't even have the capability. Each hijacking. It was a fake gun, right? Fake didn't guns. Have, didn't have anything real. There, there was, there was no way to blow up an airplane or shoot anybody on either hijacking. Can Everything we blame was, TSA on him? I'm sorry. Can we blame TSA yeah, on let's him? Let's blame TSA. I mean, we can. We, yeah, but I mean, we can blame it on McCoy. Can't we? Is it your fault? Yeah, it's, it's his fault. That, that, <laughs> yeah, I believe uh, <laughs> my dad was part of the uh, reason that it's they, true. They brought <laughs> in extra true. security they, into the airport. They started yeah. using metal detectors. Yeah, that was that is true. Well, I'm looking forward to part two with you guys, and uh, you guys got a great podcast. I appreciate uh, you doing what you do. Appreciate the opportunity to stop in and say hi to you guys live and in person. Um, totally, totally awesome, and I'm sure we'll. Uh, get part two jammed together here in the very near future. Yeah. Thanks Dan. I mean, we really want to thank you too for uh, spending time with us this weekend and being so welcoming and you too, Rick, Rick. And you know, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I really appreciate that. We're grateful that uh, to be included in this whole thing. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Big and thanks all the to work Brandon you've done. Too. All yeah. Brandon, yeah. Rick. I'm, you know, um, on that. Yeah. The, some of the motivation, I guess, is to really let people, uh, understand who my dad was. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's the motivation. It's, it's, he was 
more than hijacking one, hijacking two. You know, obviously, I'm going to look at it different than than anybody else. But you know, growing up, you know, knowing what I know, I mean, he was like my hero. I know it sounds crazy, but um, you know, he he was a bigger than life character for me, not just for the rest of the world. You know, so um, now that you know. Now is the time for me is, you know, to really let the world know. I mean, I've spent my whole life, everybody that, and a lot of people knew my dad, I mean, over explaining that he was literally one of the best humans he ever met. Give give a shirt off his back type of guy. I mean, 100% uh, going down this journey. I've met new people. Um, I met a few people, uh, met um, somebody that served prison time with them. And literally, he said the two people, <laughs> name dropping, um, that he thought were good humans was Jimmy Hoffa and Richard McCoy. Like he, yeah, I know that's, yeah, uh, very interesting. Uh, but he, he, you know, this guy, I don't know, hell, he's probably close to 80. And was like, you know, he, my dad left an impression on him. You know, I know that's a weird thing, but it's my whole life has been that. And it's time to really. Uh, well, your dad was a model prisoner, even though he broke out of prisons. I mean, it, you know, what a complex character, right? He taught Sunday school. Yeah, he. Yeah, when he was in Vietnam, when he was in Vietnam, when he had R and R, and instead of the rest of the GIs go off and do whatever they're doing, he did missionary work. So yeah, I would say complex. Um, as a prisoner, he was a model prisoner until he became the only person to ever escape from uh, Lewisburg Federal Penitentiary. So he complex would be a good way to explain him. The number of people that I've had opportunity to interview that that knew personally, knew Richard Floyd McCoy, every one of them is exactly the same. They all talk about his character, what a nice person and a giving person he was. He was a gentle giant. He was strong as an ox, but he would never hurt anyone. And every one of them talked about what a dear personal friend Richard Floyd McCoy was. And I think that was actually part of his disguise. No one ever suspected Richard Floyd McCoy because he's the nicest guy on the planet, and he would give anything to help anyone at any time. Richard couldn't be the skyjacker. There's no way. And how how ironic that that he didn't do just one of these. He did he did two of them, and he never hurt anybody. And when Richard and I first talked about this, uh, we we talked about this motivation of of fully explaining the complexity of of who his dad was and what made him tick and why why he did these and let's get rid of this misnomer that he's an evil criminal. I disagree. I wish I could have met him. Probably one of the greatest individuals to ever walk the planet, Richard Floyd McCoy, no doubt. Well said, Dan. Big thanks for coming to the show. I got to say thanks for inviting us into your home, Rick, and letting us shoot your guns. And, you know, that's that phrase that those people used to describe your dad is the exact phrase that Brandon used to describe you, give you the shirt off your back. So, you know, you've been great to us, and we're looking forward to our longer chat tomorrow. But I guess we'll wrap it up there. We'll be back in, I guess, like three, I guess it'll be more like six weeks to wrap this thing up and uh, put a bow on it. Thanks for listening.
See you next week. I'm walking gingerly through the rat race. Take a look at the big old smile on my face. Kicking around down by the pool of narcissists. The people are many, they preen themselves. Oh, how they navel gaze. Somewhere over that hill, the gloomy skies cease to exist. I'm climbing that hill, I pass by and pity the poor Sisyphus. I go into hyperdrive, turn into a beam of light. I'm strolling down a static electric avenue. The people are predictable, they say, good morning, how do you do? When out of nowhere, a randomly pure angel in the crosswalk bumps into me. And in doing so, knocks all the evil and all the wind out of me. And it's black as tar, ugly as ever, and of no apology. This angelic mama sings heavenly of the truest theology. Together we're a seraphim dream, forever young with no chronology. A thousand years from now, we'll be written into ancient mythology. We go into hyperdrive, turn into a beam of light. Can you tell me about the view up there? It's sparkling remarkably, the air is crystal clear. Well, please won't you tell me what it takes to transcend this place? A little bit of heart and a whole lot of soul Take a look at the big old smile on my face As my angel says dance with me and your life will never ever ever be told I go into hyperdrive, turn into a beam of light 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 Turn into a beam of light